Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Germantown Presbyterian Church. Welcome one and all to this service of worship. Welcome on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everyone this morning. If you are remembering your father, I hope it's full of joy with those memories. If you are celebrating with your father or with your children, a warm happy Father's Day to everybody on this Sunday. A warm welcome to everybody in general to Germantown Presbyterian Church. Those of you who are worshiping with us here in our uh, continuing makeshift sanctuary here in our activity center. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, we're delighted for everybody's presence, whether it's physical or virtual. Welcome to everybody. And uh, I can see a few people fanning themselves this morning because, yes, two out of four, I think, of our AC units are um, just taking a Father's Day vacation, I think, uh, on this day. So we'll keep the doors open. We'll let everybody fan themselves and stay a little bit cooler on this day. But welcome, one and all. If you are worshiping with us online, you can download today's bulletin by going to our website, and you can download the bulletin. You can follow along with us in worship. You can see all the elements of worship. You can sing the hymns with us right there at home and join in on everything. Please sign the friendship pad that is online. If you're worshiping with us online, you can go to the church website. You can click on that tab, and you can sign in your presence with us, whether you're a visitor or a member. You can also do so by pointing your phone at the QR code in your bulletin, that little square code there. You can sign in with your phone. You can sign in with the friendship pads that are right over there on the table by the entrance to the AC. Please do mark your attendance with us especially if you're a visitor. We love to know who's visiting with us, where you're visiting from. We always want to contact you and thank you for worshiping with us and tell you how glad we are that you're part of this worship service here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. Just an announcement quickly about uh, Betty McCallan's memorial service. She died several weeks ago, of course. We've been lifting up her family in our prayers. We'll have a memorial service for her Next Saturday, uh, here in the Activity Center, that will start at 11 a.m. The, uh, there'll be a visitation for her. Her family will be in the Welcome Center, um, just around the hallway from, from this site, and the family will be there starting at about 10, and you can greet them and come uh, express your love for Betty to them, and then we'll gather in here for a worship service at 11 a.m. next Saturday. Please come back for our evening worship service this evening. You can come back physically or virtually, our blended service that will be in here at 6 p.m., and you can come join that. And we're inviting everybody in the month of June and July to uh, take a little challenge and to come to that service in addition to the morning service or um, as a special time of worship for you. Come to that evening worship service and see what it's all about and see the music for yourself and experience. It, it's, it's much of the same of what we do on Sunday morning, but there's also uh, some differences as well. So please come to our evening worship service, whether that's tonight at six or sometime this summer, as we'll be worshiping, uh, continuing our schedule of uh, 9.30 worship and then 6 p.m. worship as well. The company that uh, installed the pews many years ago in the sanctuary is coming back this week to work on the pews that are all laying on their side right behind you to work on those and to fix those and then to bolt them back down to the sanctuary floor. So I invite you this morning, if you want to, to poke your head into the sanctuary. You can see how great it looks with the carpet and paint. And then we hope 
those pews going back in in the next two weeks. And then we hope, he said, uh, with extra inflection in his voice, we hope we'll be back in there on July 4th, but stay tuned. We'll know more in the next couple of weeks. So welcome to worship, everybody. Those are all of our announcements. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. God provides in ways that are strong and sure. God is worthy of our praise. Please stand and join in our call to worship. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those redeemed from the hand of the foe. God has gathered us in from the east and the west, from the north and the south. The Lord saved us from our distress when we cried to him in our trouble. God has brought us out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broken away our chains. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. came into the world to bring grace to sinners. Out of gratitude for God's mercy, let us confess our sin together. 
Let us pray. Holy God, forgive us, we humbly pray. We do not trust you as we should. When faced with obstacles and discomforts, we shrink away. We often live in fear instead of faith. Rather than trust you, we try to control circumstances for ourselves, which usually ends in misery. Forgive us in your grace and help us live as Jesus did in daily deep and abiding trust in your will. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ's death on the cross reconciles us to God. His resurrection brings us new life in God's presence. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and also with you. As our children come forward for the children's sermon, please greet those around you with the sign of God's peace. Well, good morning, boys and girls. I'm glad to see everybody today. And I need, we have, our children's message today is um, about a mystery person. And so I needed six children today, and look what the Lord gave me, six children. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to give everybody a job, and I need you to come stand up here with a poster like this. Are you ready? So Jean, Jean is going to show everybody how to do that. So Jean, come on up here and stand with your poster like this. All right, Roy, come on up. <laughs> Joseph, come on up. Talmadge, come on up. Okay, Darcy, your turn. Okay, Charlie, come on up. Hold your sign, okay? Don't let anybody see it. Okay. I'm going to give you some hints, 
And when I call your, your letter, you turn it over, and we're going to see who this mystery person is, okay? So if you have an F, give me an F. All right, this person is full of forgiveness. Like when you don't obey, this person will help correct you and maybe teach you the right thing. Have you had that happen before? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, give me an A. Yes, this person, A for attentive, this person is very willing to listen to you when you have something that you need to talk about, right? Okay, give me a T. This person is also a teacher and willing to help you do really great things in your life and give you important lessons. Good job. All right, if you've got an H, give me an H. This person is helpful. This person can help you make very important decisions and can give you advice when you need it and is a very good listener. Okay, are you ready? Give me an E. <laughs> an E is for energetic, and this person is never too tired. He always has the right, the right amount of energy to do the next thing. All right, and finally, give me an R. Charlie, your turn. <laughs> Very literal at this age. Yes. An R is for ready, and this person is always ready to give you all the love that you need in your life. And what does it spell? Father. Father. So, of course, we're spelling out Father today for Father's Day, and we, all, we want to say Happy Father's Day to our fathers, and we also want to remember our Heavenly Father, God, who does all of these things for you that we just talked about. So, will you bow your head with me, and will you, will you say a prayer with me, okay? Will you bow your head? Dear Lord, we thank you for our fathers. Help us this day to show our love to our fathers. And may we always remember to thank you, our Heavenly Father. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Good job. Friends, we pause in our worship service in this moment to give a special word of gratitude for Anna White, who has served as our Director of Children's Ministries and Family Ministries for uh, almost six years now, after having grown up in this church and served in lots of ways and has served in this capacity. And uh, we mark this occasion because uh, Anna White will be departing and relocating to the Middle Tennessee area with her husband and her family. Jeff White, as many of you know, is a pilot with Southwest Airlines, and there's a new opportunity that's a great opportunity for them 
uh, and for their future and for their family, and so they will be relocating to Brentwood, Tennessee at the end of July. So we offer up great gratitude for Anna and for all of her work, and we also know that she won't be completely leaving us just yet because we're working out an arrangement where she will work for us and with us a little bit long distance uh, from Middle Tennessee as we make this transition and as we begin this process of uh, looking forward to um, hiring another person to not fill her shoes because that will be really difficult, but to uh, continue our work with our children. And so, uh, Anna, you have done a phenomenal job and will keep doing so for us, but we know this marks a transition for you and your family and your life and certainly a big one for GPC. And so please, I hope you'll all join me in expressing our gratitude to Anna and uh, wishing her and her family all the best, even though we'll see you some more in the fall as you continue to work with us. But please join me in wishing Anna the best. Hallelujah. 
Thank you to our quartet, and uh, you know, one of my favorite things about Father's Day every year is uh, Gerald puts together this great compilation of men who sing in the choir loft, and it's, it's not our usual singers, it's a lot of dads and granddads and sons and grandsons, and we haven't been able to do that for two years, and so I'm already looking forward to next Father's Day. Maybe we'll do it even before next Father's Day. We'll have a come on sing in the choir as we get back to normal, and we look forward to that a lot. We'll get Will and Mike to do a duet on that day. All right. (laughs) Gerald said Will and Mike will do a duet on that day. I'll tell you, one of us sang in the college choir. One of us did not. I'll give you a hint who it wasn't right now. Let us pray. Dear Lord, please come and inspire us with your wisdom, inspire us with your love and grace as we read both of these passages from Scripture. Lord, you speak to us through Scripture. That is your primary way, and so we pray that you would speak to us now as we read from both the Old and New Testaments. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You know, we've been in this series called God at Work, and we have been uh, looking at little vignettes in the lives of Samuel first, and then David now, and we are in this great chapter of 1 Samuel 17, and it's a long chapter. It's the story of David and Goliath, and so uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I am going to read a pretty good lengthy piece of it. So I wanted you to do one of two things, or do both. You can see this depiction there on your bulletin cover, and it's a great artistic rendering of this uh, David and Goliath story. You can look at that, or you can follow along. Of course, our scripture passages are written out in the uh, bulletin there for you to read. So read along, watch along, follow along as we read uh, from 1 Samuel 17, and I'm going to start reading at verse 32, which is really only about halfway through the whole longer story of David and Goliath. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David, and he looked at David, looked him over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? 
And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come at me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it, and it struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword, drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, and they turned and ran. Our New Testament reading comes from 2 Corinthians 6. They faced similar obstacles, Goliaths of different sorts in the New Testament church and the New Testament era. And here, Paul is going to write about them and talk about them in a different kind of way, reading from... 2 Corinthians 6, verses 1 through 10. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for He says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through the glory and through dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet on we live, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor and yet making rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. we continue in the sermon series called God at Work, we come to one of the greatest stories in all of the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New, a story that most of us learn when we're very young, if we grow up in church, this great story of David facing down the giant Goliath. It's one of my favorite stories. David even isn't fully grown, he isn't even a teenager, and yet he takes on this giant. I think this story resonates with everybody because what's one of the first lessons that children learn? That there's always a bully on the playground. There's always a bully on the playground. I can remember the bully on the playground at my elementary school. 
who was just so much physically larger and bigger and stronger than anybody else in the second or third grade. Every day at recess, he took control and command of a piece of equipment that I remember being called the spinner. The spinner. It had a diameter of about 15 feet or so across. It was made out of metal. It was basically a giant top that had rails on it that you stood on while your friends would spin you faster and faster and faster and until you either got off or thrown off or threw up or however got off of that. It's the kind of equipment that was so unsafe that they would never, ever put on a playground in this day and age. And I remember the bully of our preschool, of our, of our elementary school. His name was Greg. I won't tell you his last name because he might still be around this area. But he would get on that spinner every day at recess, and he would defy anybody and everybody, and he wouldn't let anybody else get on until you could get five or six or 12 to start spinning that and throw him off. But until you threw him off, he wasn't going to let you on. Everybody learns that there's a bully in the playground, but it's not just playgrounds, is it? It's not just playgrounds. There are Goliaths of all ages and all stages and all places in life. The first Goliath, the one we just read about, was this giant of a man. He was both physically and psychologically overwhelming, which Goliaths always are. We didn't read the physical description of Goliath from the earlier part of the chapter. Go back and reread the first part of that chapter this afternoon. But when you do, you gain a sense of how big he was. Again, it's depicted there on your bulletin cover. You can see the dimensions of Goliath versus that tiny little David. Goliath, frighteningly tall, scary big, scary large. He was so big. I don't know if you've ever been around any of the Grizzlies players or you've ever been around a huge football player. Um, I've never never been, you know, talking one-on-one with a Grizzlies player, but I've seen them from relative close proximity, if you've ever been around an NBA center who are all seven feet tall and at least 240, 250, 280 pounds these days, an NBA center would be Goliath's little brother. Goliath was huge. His armor weighed about 125 pounds and his spear was huge and the sharp iron tip of it alone is described as weighing 15 pounds, just the tip of the spear, heavier than a shot put. Philistines in that day were camped on one hillside, and the Israelites were on the other. And every day, every day, Goliath came out to mock and to taunt and to psychologically try to defeat the Israelites. Send out your best soldier to fight me. If he wins, then we surrender and you win. But if I win, he dies and you all die. I mean, can't you just see the Israelite troops all lined up there in a row? King Saul says, okay, who wants to go fight Goliath today? They all step back. They all step back a little more and a little more. They all backpedal. He mocks them. He mocks their God twice a day. Goliath is out there, and he is just reducing Saul and all of those Israelites to this psychological puddle on the ground. There's a great phrase that's here in this reading that David uses, and it's actually a phrase that's used in several other places in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's this phrase, to lose heart. To lose heart. The Hebrew is actually translated as to dry up and to wither away. 
be like a leaf and to fall down and to wither away. Have you ever been so intimidated, physically or psychologically, that you just felt like sort of shrinking back and falling down and just withering away? That's what facing a Goliath is like. And some of you know that. You've faced a Goliath, maybe recently, maybe a long time ago. If you haven't, then you will. I've shared with you before how I wrestled in high school, and I can remember losing heart a lot. I faced a lot of Goliaths. See, I had to gain weight to wrestle at the 167-pound weight class, where all of the Goliaths that I wrestled, I mean, they all weighed at least 400 pounds. I mean, maybe not 400, but they really would. They'd weigh 195 or 200 pounds and how they lost enough sweat and water weight and whatever weight to get down to 167 pounds is an absolute miracle. But they did. And they would stand over me and across from me when the referee would be giving us the pre-match instructions. And they would stand and look at me and laugh. <laughs> and at least, at least the ones who laughed were good because I knew they would have a little bit of mercy on me. It's the ones who didn't laugh and looked at me with a look in their eyes like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and their sole purpose was not just to win, but to inflict a lot of pain on the way to winning. Those were the ones in front of whom I would lose heart. Goliaths are everywhere. And for most of us, it's only natural to lose heart. You lose nerve, you lose your confidence. Sometimes you even lose a sense of who you are, a sense of your own identity. You can be a great student. You can be very successful in life or in business. You can have a great heart, but then Goliath comes along and you dry up and you wither away. Goliath might be that 400-pound high school bully. Goliath might be disguised as one of the mean girls. Remember that movie from a long time ago, 15 years ago, Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams? That movie resonates with a lot of girls who learn that sometimes the worst intimidating bullies wear lipstick and heels in the high school hallway. Your Goliath might be in the corporate hallway. There's always someone who tries to use his or her authority to intimidate others and to bully people around and to get what they want at the expense of others. A few years ago, a church member told me about her boss in the workplace in one of the bigger companies here in town. She knew he was veering into an unethical place with the product they were developing and not, <clears throat> not just cutting regulatory corners, but just he was smashing right through them and it was illegal and he knew that she knew what he was doing and he was determined to make her lose heart. Happens all the time. Maybe your Goliath is a person. Maybe your Goliath is not a person, but a behavior like an addiction. One of the byproducts of the pandemic across the board has been increasing addictions. Social distancing and isolating have been terrible for people's psyches, and we are self-medicating now more than ever. The widespread legalization of gambling is creating these Goliaths of gaming debts and addictions that are just stalking people's marriages and families. If there was ever a Goliath in our church that we ought to face to the world, it is this notion that life is so meaningless or so hopeless that your only problems, that your problems you face only can be escaped by getting high or distracting yourself from reality. 
in addition to abusive people and, and addictions and behaviors, the other main Goliath that overwhelms people today is some kind of diagnosis. Some kind of diagnosis and your Goliath strolls into your life in a doctor's office with scan results and you are facing what seems like an impossible situation. You see what a Goliath is. A Goliath is any person, problem, or pain that threatens to overwhelm you and make you lose your trust in God. Oftentimes, there, there's certainly a, a component of evil attached to that Goliath, not necessarily in a diagnosis, but in other situations, there's a component of sin or evil, some kind of God-defying evil that you feel when that Goliath taunts you. A Goliath is any person, problem, or pain that threatens to overwhelm you and make you lose your trust in God. So there's a lot to learn from this story, a lot to learn from David, a lot as he fought his Goliath. One thing we learn is that David was prepared, being prepared by God to fight his Goliath before he ever stepped into that valley against him. All along the way, God had been preparing David for that fight. And I believe that God is preparing you. God is preparing all of us beforehand, whether we realize it or not at the time, we probably don't. But God is preparing us for that moment when we have to face Goliath. You see, God was preparing David through his daily life and through his work. He was the, the shepherd. He kept the family's flocks and sheep. As a result, we read about some of the obstacles that he faced, even the grave danger that he faced. He was always look on the lookout for predators. But every now and then, one would slip by his watch, and one would just grab a sheep in its mouth and its jaws, and that carnivore would attack and drag off the sheep. And David talks about what it was like for him to fight that lion, he mentions, or a bear. He would strike the predator first to shock them into dropping the sheep out of its mouth. And then he says, and then when they turned on me. Can you imagine being turned on by a lion or a bear? Last summer in Montreat, bears kept raiding our trash bin down by the street. You may have seen this happens all the time. Gatlinburg, East Tennessee, Western North Carolina, lots of black bears around. Well, bears kept raiding our trash bin, all that yummy trash from the night before. And so even though it's in a container, about a three by five steel container, this one smart bear figured out how to lean against the release and then lift up the top and then drag out all the trash and leave it in a 50-yard trail all the way down the street. So I fixed it up and put a lock on that box, and then I got a game camera, which is a, an infrared sensing camera where you can see anything come along. Even at night, it takes a great picture. And the first picture I got was of this really sweet little bear cub. I mean, just the cutest little ball of fur. The next picture I got was of that cub's mama, and she was standing on her hind quarters, on her hind legs, standing up against that trash can in fully standing upright position, and she was intimidating even in a picture. I went back and I measured myself against that trash can, and it comes up to about right here on me and on that bear. She was at least six or seven feet, six or seven inches taller than I am on that picture. Can you imagine David facing a huge bear like that? 
Now, I just want to pause right here and say, if you're sending your children to Montreat with Christopher this summer um, on our youth trip to Montreat right now, I just want you to know that those uh, black bears are very shy and they run from people and they are as afraid of your teenager as you are. So do not worry, they will be absolutely safe. But for David back then, in the wild, those were beasts and God was preparing him daily through them to one day face Goliath. Whether it was preparing him to use a spear or that slingshot or how to know how to wrestle a bear, God was preparing him with the wisdom and the know-how and the weapons that he would need when it came time to face Goliath. And so also is God preparing you. God is preparing you to fight that spiritual and psychological battle. How is God preparing you? Well, he's doing it right here in this, this fortress this fortress, this preparation place that is our church. When we come to church week in and week out, and when we worship and we engage in Bible study, when we study God's will, when we ask hard questions, when we struggle with right and wrong in our ethics, when we together, as Scripture says, we're like iron sharpening iron together. We are being prepared for that day, one day when Goliath will walk into your life or mine. We are, what we are doing week in and week out in our life of faith is God's way of preparing us. God is giving you the weapons of faith, whether you realize it or not. You remember that great scene in Ephesians, that great set of verses in Ephesians 6, where we are told this, put on the full armor of God. Now, Paul is just writing to Christians in their everyday life and as they are coming to worship. Put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground and remain standing. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted. In addition, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. That's what's happening in our own faith formation week in and week out. Where does God give you this armor and this protection and this faith and how to pray? Right here and with all those people around you. And I'll just state the opposite. You've already gone there, but I'll state the, the obvious from this, from the opposite angle of what I just said, that if you aren't doing these things or won't do these things if you aren't in the Word regularly, and if you aren't praying, and if you aren't thinking um, about how you can participate in a Sunday school class or a Bible study or in church, and if you think, well, next year I'll join that Bible study, or I'll start going to Sunday school, or I'll, I'll be obedient, but then just not right now, how can God prepare you to fight your Goliath? You won't be ready, and Goliath will crush you. But God is giving you the right tools and God is giving you the armor. God has given you this place and this whole place and your own groups and your friendships in Christ. God is giving you this fortress and refuge where you you will be prepared all along the way to face your Goliath. The other thing we learned from this lesson is that our strength in fighting Goliath is not really our strength, it is God's strength. It's God's strength. You never have to face Goliath alone under your own power. Thank goodness. See, when Goliath sees David, Goliath is livid. Did you hear his words? He's insulted by David. He mocks him even more. He threatens to just 
dismantle David limb by limb and feed him to the birds of the air, meaning the vultures and the beasts of the field. Then David says, Yes, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. The Hebrew there is Jehovah Savei. It means the Lord of hosts or the Lord of all creation. David says, I come against you with the sovereign power of the Lord of all creation, the Lord, the maker of everything. If God is for us, says the New Testament, who can stand against us? If the maker of all creation marshals his power in all defense, what can any Goliath do? David says, everybody here, everybody here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. It's always by faith. It's by faith and trust and obedience and a life lived over time with the Lord Almighty who made you and all creation. So whoever and whatever your Goliath is, the same powerful God who made the universe shields you and defends you and is giving you powers and giving you the weapons of faith and the armor of salvation so that you can move forward to face that Philistine, to face him down because you trust God like David did. God will give you the courage and the weapons and the faith to defeat your Goliath. I don't know what your Goliath is. I've got a few in my own life. You've got some in your life. If you don't have one yet, you will. You will face that person, problem, or pain that threatens to take away your faith and trust in God. Be ready, but stand firm. Let God prepare you all along the way before that day comes. And when it does come, know that you fight with the power of Almighty God behind you. Amen. What a blessing we've already received this morning to hear God's word read and proclaimed to us. And so now let, I invite you to stand in body or in spirit and let us affirm our faith together with one voice using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. As God has so graciously spoken to us this morning, we've got an incredible opportunity to speak back in this holy game of telephone that is our lives. So would you join me now in a word of prayer? 
Jesus, we know that you hear us. Not as some distant, highly religious concept, but as a lived reality that we feel. And so we share from the depths of our hearts what's going on, knowing that you've opened a way into your heart through sacrifice and death and resurrection. So Lord, today we lift to you all nations and leaders throughout the globe who are seeking peace and justice. We remember especially our sisters and brothers abroad in India and Brazil who are struggling with insanely high and deadly numbers of death due to COVID. We pray for our country, for all leaders in business, in industry, and in government. We also pray especially for the history that we have celebrated this weekend with Juneteenth. We pray for all of those who we know and don't know who are away, out on vacation. And Lord, we ask that you would give them deep rest and safety as they return home. And Lord, we also remember before you our community, this community of Germantown and this community of faith. And we ask that you would be our vision, that you would be our strength to conquer every giant, not for our glory, but to point to you and say, how great is our God. And we welcome you to be so near to us, those who are on our hearts who are sick, who are impoverished in so many ways, and the multitude of those who have no idea how much you love them. Lord, we lift to you all of these prayers and the multitude unspoken because they are too deep for words to express by saying together the prayer that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now as God has strengthened and resourced us through his word read and proclaimed to go to every giant that dots the horizon of our lives and meet it toe-to-toe, God's empowered us through this worship service to be a part of what he's doing in the world. We don't have to make our own kingdom. We're already a part of one. And so as those who are empowered by his grace and his truth and his mercy, we give back out of gratitude for all that he is and all that he does through the giving of tithes and offerings to God. So I invite you as an act of worship to commit yourselves and a portion of the bounty that God has given to you, to Jesus this morning. Hope to all he brings. Listen. 
Turn to God in prayer. 
Gracious God, we offer you these resources, knowing that you will take them and bless them and multiply them and then use them to meet the world's needs. May our offerings help ease the pain of those wondering if there really is enough for everyone. We offer to you, too, our very lives, and thank you for the opportunities you give to us to participate in your life-giving work for the sake of your kingdom. In Christ's name, we pray together, saying, Amen. alert, stand firm, be courageous and strong, and let everything you do be done in love.
Go out into this world to love and serve the Lord. Go out to love and serve your neighbor as yourself. And as you go, may the grace of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell in your heart and in your mind forever. Amen. I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I've told my life, I just keep watching and keep watching, you know, because 